You're doing open and closed body language wrong. <laughs> Welcome back. My name is Rob Wong. This is the Great Date Guy podcast. Um, and open and closed body language is something that shows up in like pop culture now, right? Um, it's something that we teach people like from day one. If you want to get more attractive, if you want more people approaching you, then you got to have open body language. So let's get started with the fit, with the basics here. If you don't know what that is, then... Um, you should know that open body language is when you've got your shoulders out. You're not protecting anything. You're not hunched over. Um, it's very much the natural state of your body when you're feeling good, when you're feeling like the world is a pretty awesome place and you're receptive to other people and experiences versus closed body language is like the natural expression of your emotions. If you're feeling like really shut down, if you want to protect yourself, if you don't really don't want to be places, right? And you'll notice that like people with closed body language tend to be, had to hit pause to stop a burp from coming on to the podcast. But I suppose there's really no point in hitting pause if I'm just going to turn around and tell you that I burped off mic. <laughs> well, whatever. Um, anyway, so closed body language can look like having crossed arms, being hunched over. It can look like not making eye contact with people. You're basically just allowing the bony exterior of your body, like your spine, your shoulders, your, like the top of your head, the really protected armored places of you to shield you from the outside world. And if you can view someone slowly going into fetal position, you'll get a rough sense of what closed body language can look like at the extreme. Am I trying to unconsciously protect myself. Now, of course, why is this important? Um, so when we have closed body language, this really creates the vibe that we don't want to be interacting with other people, right? We're not in a great place. Um, and this is good if you want to get help and there happen to be some helpers out in the world who are like, oh, this person's suffering. I want to make sure that they're not suffering. Those people will check in on you. However, it's also not a good place to be operating from if what you want is attraction, right? Two different energies. In one case, someone is caretaking you and that's, you know, that's work, that's effort. Sometimes people get resentful over that. And in the other example, people want to be around you because of the vibe that you're putting out there. You're just open, right? You're having a good time. So that's the reason why open and closed bodily language, bodily, <laughs> I guess so. I guess that works too. Open and closed bodily language. Uh, it's like a tongue twister. That's the reason why that's important. Now, the problem with all this is that like, if I tell you to just have open body language, a lot of times the way that we implement that as people is that we just like, oh, well, I just, okay, I need to like pull my shoulders back. I need to like lean my neck back so I'm not hunched and stand up straighter. And it's not really coming from a place of authenticity. And if I'm really having, like if secretly in my heart of hearts, I hate this party and I want to leave, right? <laughs> but I still want to give off the appearance of being attractive and I open up my body language. I'm still going to come off as cheesed off, right? It's still going to come out in the way that I speak, in the way that I hold eye contact, the way that I interact with people. So even though my body language is, is that of someone who might be open to it, I might be a little stiff around the shoulders, right? 
Uh, the way we feel finds a way to communicate itself to the outside world. So in that sense, it comes off a little creepy. Because here's this person that's pretending to be open, but they're actually secretly angry? What is this, some kind of trap? No, no one wants to be a part of that. Uh, so that's where it all blows up in our faces. So how do you prevent this from happening? How do you actually do open and closed body language? Well, we kind of hinted at that at the beginning of this episode, but let's break it down some more. One of the things I realized today while I botched my first recording of this podcast was this cool thing about the breath, where it's kind of controlled by the unconscious and by the conscious mind, right? It's like deeply connected to both of those two systems. If I stop consciously breathing, my body's going to take over and be like, okay, well, this guy stopped breathing. I guess we better begin breathing for him. And then it does that. So because it straddles those two systems, it also gives us access to those two systems. The reason why I'm bringing up the unconscious and the conscious mind is because those two are synonymous with the emotional and logical mind. The unconscious mind is where the emotions come from. The logical mind is, yeah, where, where logic comes from. Right. And that's that's the conscious mind. That's where we think. That's where we deliberately choose. That's where we set intentions. And when we set intentions, emotions aren't necessarily attached all the time. Most of the time, they're not. They're just things that we aspire to get to. And all of human suffering, I'm going to argue, comes as a result of that disconnect between the two. Logically, I know I should be doing something, but emotionally, I am so not on board with this. So I'm not going to do it. Right. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to eat salad for dinner. Screw you. <laughs> I want a steak and fries. And usually emotions win out, right? Sometimes we can wrestle it down and win with willpower if we really haven't been that drained by the day. But ultimately, emotions are this like overwhelming, often seemingly irresistible force, right? They're always there. They never seem to run out of gas or steam unless they're the wanted emotions like happiness right? <laughs> or feeling wanted or feeling like a success and those vanish quickly. But it's the emotions that we don't want that seem to stick around forever. So how do we shift that? Well, it begins by shifting the unconscious mind. And since the breath is something that we have that bridges those two worlds that's deeply connected to the unconscious, the emotional, and the conscious, the logical, we can use it to shift the way that we think and that we feel. So the first step in all of this, and I'm going to break this down. I can't believe I've never done this before. This is the clearest that I've ever done it, right? The first step in anything when we feel uncomfortable is just to begin to communicate it. We say, hey, I feel weird, like a little bit unsettled, or however you feel. And then we give what we're going to do, some kind of expectation, some kind of communication about what's going to happen next, feeling like, I'm going to try out some breathing exercises to get out of this space. I don't want to be all like sweaty and nervous. Um, do you want to join me? And the person will say yes or no from there. And if they're really part of your tribe, they're going to say yes and be excited about that. They're going to be excited by the fact that you're doing this kind of thing around them. Right? So this is a filter in of itself. You expressing what you want to do in the moment is going to have the people that like you for who you really are drawn in. Like, oh, this has never happened before. And it must be normal for this person because they're communicating about it. This is who they are. 
So you can kind of disarm the weirdness of the situation with like basic, basic, basic communication. And from there, you just do the old faithful, right? You do 7-7 breathing, where you go 7 seconds in, and then 7 seconds out. And you can repeat that for 60 seconds, or whatever the multiple of 7 would be in this case. So 749, 49 plus 8 is what, 50, 49 plus 8? Why did I add 8? It should be seven, right? <laughs> so it's 56, 56 seconds, if you like. Or you can do, what, 63? 63. It's been a long time since I've had to do math, guys. Give me a break. <laughs> and once you finish with your breathing exercise, and it really, it really will only take like a minute or two, even if it feels a little bit longer. At the end of it, you'll find yourself naturally in open body language, which is the most ridiculous part. You know, it, we could go around memorizing all of these rules about like, oh, be relaxed, relax your throat, relax your shoulders, sit up straight, you know, make eye contact for exactly three and a half seconds before you look away or blink. I could give you all of these rules about how you should govern your tonality. You shouldn't end with an uptone because it sounds like questioning. You shouldn't end with a sharp downtone because it sounds like you're angry at someone. And none of that is actually relevant in the moment because when we're talking to someone in a stressful situation because they're really attracted to us, right? We don't want to mess up. So it's stressful for us. All of that goes out the window. All of that goes out of the window. And what actually works is taking a second to hit that reset button so that we can be back in a state of relaxation and ease. And that's it. From there, you can be attractive. No problem. You've removed all the weirdness from the interaction. So really, that's all it takes. That and go and talk to people, right? <laughs> oh, and okay, so this, this has no relevance at, right now, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to seed an idea for you. One of the things that I hear quite often um, when it comes to dating is that I want other people to chase me. I want other people to chase me so I don't have to feel like I'm putting myself out at risk. I don't have to feel the, the pain of rejection because I want to feel desired and wanted because it's just less work when other people are chasing. And if you want that to happen in your life, then two things need to happen. One, Start living very authentically and vulnerably so people can see who you really are. Two, get in front of a lot of people. The more people that can see you for who you are, the more that can choose you for who you are. And then three is stop chasing. <laughs> if you want people to chase you, that means you have to stop chasing first. Right? <laughs> It'd be like if you wanted someone to take care of you, if you wanted someone to give you a haircut or like clean your room or, or whatever, right? I want someone to cook me a meal. But the only, about every single meal, I'm like, I'm there in the kitchen like an hour in advance already cooking my own meal. Is someone going to have a chance to make you a meal then? Hell no. That's <laughs> so obvious, right? But when it comes to dating, that's what we do. If you want to be chased, then stop chasing. Now, in order to do that, that's a whole separate bag, so we might talk about it in the next episode. Uh, we'll see. But in the meantime, that's the time that we have for today. My name is Rob Wong. This is the Great Date Guy podcast. And if you got something out of it, 
please give us a rating. Let me know what you think. Share it with a friend if you feel like it's applicable and they might get something out of it. If you know someone that is really struggling, really suffering in dating, hand it over. Stop being stingy with your transformation, yeah? <laughs> yeah, I kid. But yeah, if you got someone that you could help by sharing this thing, um, please absolutely do. I love recording this podcast. I'd like it to be able to help as many people as possible. And yeah, that's it. We'll catch you in the next one. Okay, thanks. Bye. <laughs>